dishing up tasty morsels of tarot wisdom. Oracle Soup with your host, Katrina Wynn and Gina Thies, two saucy sisters, broadcasting from that magnificent Oregon coast and from deep in the heart of Texas, and inviting your questions about tarot, oracles, counseling skills, reading advice, and more. On Facebook, like our Oracle Soup page and share your wisdom. Soup is hot and it's ready to be served. Howdy, our Oracle Soup listeners. We are so happy to have you with us. And just bring yourself a lovely cup of tea, pull yourself up a chair, and join the sisters here as we have an interesting topic about something that every tarot or Oracle reader must consider. Which is the f- spread. What's That's a, right. What's a reading without a spread, right? <laughs> or or maybe those times when you don't need a spread. We might look at that, too. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you, well, Gina, for you chiming have in. To, you have to. Ultimately, if you're reading cards, aren't they really? We're talking about whether you're designing a spread, but it's, it, you know, ultimately it's a spread that... In, in in the sense that you're laying out the device, right? Your 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 tool to look at. So, right. but, so we'll we'll talk about spreads. We'll talk about layouts. We'll talk about cards. We might even get a little bit into the ritual of it. Not sure what how much time we're going to have. But I think what we're really going to focus on are just really tried and true spreads that are very useful and very helpful for specific types of explorations or questions or concerns. And also, how do you make up a spread on the fly? You know, that that could be important too. Absolutely. And the reading has to have a goal. So the spread helps you get to what the ultimate um, goal of purpose, I would say, of the reading. I mean, you can start out thinking, I want to do a reading for myself and get some insight about XYZ. But the spread helps you focus, get focused, and know what the goal, what you're aiming at. And so we were um, coming, trying to come up with a, a card that's going to be our featured card. <laughs> and I thought, you know... <laughs> The end result, the the point, the goal of it all, the Eight of Wands is the card that I thought would fit yes. um, with our topic. Yes. And so the Eight of Wands is one of those outside of, I think it's one of the very few cards that uh, there's, there's, in most decks, there's just the actual wands. There's not a, it's, it's, there's not a person. Um, or figure on the card typically sometimes you do um, but it's it doesn't have figures so it's like there's there's enough there's not a focus other than the wands themselves to give you a reference as to what the card means or, or what it what's going on with it um, all you s- typically see is something flying in the air you know um, and so it gives a sense of rapidity right something moving very fast um, or a fast pace or something being up in the air I mean I've heard all of these kind of <laughs> cliches up in the air <laughs> um, 
in terms of the the interpretation for the Eight of Wands. But I think those wands are going somewhere. Um, so for me, it's about movement, goal setting, and um, arriving at something. And what you were describing reminds me of the weight version of the Eight of Wands, where you have these eight uh, staffs or clubs basically lined up in parallel to each other, even though they themselves seem to be kind of, um, they have a trajectory of a sort. They seem to be moving out of the card from one corner to the other. And of course, there's other decks with other versions, but the idea being, wow, you've got these these eight wands. You've got these eight things that you can use, just like with a spread. You might have eight cards, and you're trying to put them in an order where they can all, like you said, Gina, move forward together towards a goal. Uh, I like that very much. I also like to think of just the wands themselves representing fire. And, of course, a reading needs to come from a place of inspiration, intuition. And when I think of the eight, I also think of the numerology of two times four. And so those the... It's, it's so beautiful because a spread gives us a structure. It gives us a containment for which these magical and uh, energetic and spiritual things to move through. So we have structure in both worlds reflecting back upon each other. We have the, the material world where we're using the cards and we're looking at them with our eyes. But then we also have all the spiritual guidance or the or whatever you want to call that guidance coming through the cards because we've already set the table for how we expect to receive that information. Right, and in saying the the two times four, I love that. It's not uh, to me four is about foundation, and so it's not just this your fly by night kind of going wayward. It is something specific because eight um, for me in, in understanding the the numer- numerology behind eight is that there is something that is um, formulated um, or kind of come into almost before the completion but it's like it's a settlement right it's it's you're almost there or you're getting there so um it, it is about being um very pinpointed with a with something in mind and yes result. and then the two side of the two times four to me is the high priestess energy it's the part that says i know how to balance things in the conscious and the unconscious realm and for me in my deck i work with the voyager which itself is a, a toth spinoff uh is the idea of balance eight to me is balance it can also be strength but i was i often look to the major arcana card to see well what is the essence that's being um in a sense uh like a rainbow it's being forecast and it's coming out in the form of the wands All right. Well, hey, that was really fun, Gina. Thank you for thinking of that one. Yes. Okay. Well, sit tight. And again, warm up that tea, get a warm up of coffee and uh, listen in. We have, we think this is going to be a great show. Thanks for tuning in to Oracle Soup. Pull up a chair and join Gina and Katrina for a bowl of warm and nourishing conversation. Coming up next. Welcome back. Gina Thies here at Oracle Soup with my sister, Katrina. Hey, Gina. Hi, howdy. So this is a topic that I'm sure will be useful for many practitioners. 
it's all about spreads all about the spreads or you might even call them layouts you know some of us still call them that but the idea is you're laying out the cards and the cards are going to be telling a story and the story or the layout that you choose is going to be very specific to either the question or the topic that's being explored or the best way for the that spread and those cards to communicate with you and or your client now, I can't imagine that a person would not know what a spread is, but what would you define, um, going back to the very basic um, meaning of an, or interpretation, I guess you could call it that, of a spread in reference to um, doing divination? Well, I actually think of it as a template. It's like a preconceived or pre-agreed-to communication device. Uh, for instance, if I believe that information comes from a divine source, then I'm going to say, hey, divine, in order to reach me about this particular type of topic, I'm going to put out four cards. And in the four cards, each placement is going to represent something. And so if you want to communicate something to me, this is the way to reach me. It's very much the way I work with dreams, by the way. You know, I think of the dreams as that intermediary between me and the divine. Now, of course, everybody's got their own belief system and their own style, but I really do believe it's a premeditated, agreed-upon uh, outline that one is using to tell whatever the story is that's going to come through the cards. Okay. In its very simplest form, it is how to organize the cards. Each position will represent something. And so even if you're a doing a style of a, what we would call a freestyle <laughs> My favorite way, just to throw out cards, so to speak, you want to keep them in some sort of order. And so that would be the the simplest way of looking at what a spread is, how you organize your cards. And you can do them in all different sorts of shapes. Um, you can make them, you know, decide how many cards you're going to use for your spread. All of that starts at the beginning to in, tor- in terms of setting up the reading, right? How many cards a spread should contain. Um, you could use, there are plenty of great, great books with spreads that are spread specific, as well as many of the, the very good tarot books on the market contain spreads that the authors have included um, in terms of the material that they're providing. So you can use these great books. There's a lot of books. I know you have your list. Uh, (laughs) I I, I have so many books with great spreads. um, And then one of, um, there's one called um, uh, Power Spreads uh, that I like. And um, there are too many to name. I, I, I think yes. you have a, a great list that you want to share. Oh, yeah. I could just name drop books and authors forever. But, you know, one of my all-time favorites is the Complete Book of Tarot Spreads. And this is actually from two of my favorite German tarotists, and that's Evelyn Berger and Johannes Fiegberg. I have that book, too. I have yes. that book, too. And it's very... Um, it's like to the point, very well, simply simply written, but very useful, lots of spreads. I remember starting out, um, re, you know, my first kind of professional reading, really getting tensed up about which spread do I use? Which spread oh. do I use? Which spread? Well, you, you have to understand, I was doing about 30 50, 50 readings that only lasted, uh, you know, eight minutes max and, and that's another consideration how long is the reading and how many cards can you get through in your reading well, <laughs> well that's right well 
back then, right? It's like, you know, the Celtic cross is the spread to use. That's what everybody learns. So it's like, I can't do 10 cards in eight minutes. I can now. <laughs> but back then, uh, you know, it's kind of the standard thing I do. I'll throw out 10 cards and I'll get a reading done five to eight minutes with 10 cards. So wow. <laughs> it's it's like, show me the story. So it's it's it becomes part of the ritual and the process. It's like, okay, I know that 10 cards, I've got a, a complete picture to be able to give this information very, very rapidly. Now, that doesn't work for everyone, but um, in terms of, I, I'll kind of have it myself programmed to know that I'm looking for this specific information. So I don't necessarily assign, I'll position it, you know, there's a cross pattern that you lay out but you know the way the way that it's used for me is very confusing I used to always get confused about what's the present the past behind forward top bottom Um, so in it so essentially what I did is for me what works for me with those specific positions represented Um, because you're you're, yeah you know it's like okay if you're talking about past past what past week hour (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and you know you bring up a really good point which is the fact that you it you could have 5 to 10 people working with the same let's say layout meaning something that looks like a celtic cross but the assignment of each of those positions can be different you know maybe that doesn't quite work for you change it up one of my favorite ones i ever saw didn't have really the past and the future and the above and below stuff it actually looked at different areas of the person's life like health Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And their, their their intellect, you know, their physical body, basically the intellectual, the emotional and the spiritual. And I thought, now that is cool. But what would be the difference? The difference might be whether it's a topic oriented or question oriented uh, reading or if it's an overview, looking at the client and different areas of their life. How are they doing? Um, even though we have a lot of ethics and we talk about in other shows here on Oracle Soup, you know, are you qualified? Do you pre- are you prepared to go into things like health, finances, etc., legal issues? <laughs> and so maybe you have a layout that specifically speaks to those things. So those are things you also consider about what kind of layout I'm going to use. Does it have placement or is the overall layout pointed on a particular topic like health or well-being or spirituality? And there's another thing I thought of while you were talking, Gina, you know, and I imagine you're on this side of the spectrum. There are people who can use a lot of cards in one reading and they'll get a little information from each card and then maybe the relationship between the cards or their placement tells a whole nother level of the story. And then there's people like me who I tend to use fewer cards in a reading because each card I go into a great deal of depth into and, and and with the client and we really explore each card individually like a new friend and then we see how the cards build upon each other and so it's kind of cool to, to have both skills of course but those themselves are different styles right of course and i'm you know i'm my technique typically once in an eight minute reading that's 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 doing a reading online in that sort of setting but also doing readings at parties which you know there are a lot of events and so um you when you have a very large amount of people that are, you know, want to, you've got to, <laughs> you've got to get focused, get it out of the way. So I've become efficient at that. But of course, when I'm in a private setting with a with a client, those cards, the ten cards will be there in each one, 
you know, it's there to explore and go more into um, a deeper, whatever their issue is. Now, I, my own personal um, process in, in reading is I stay away from preconceived and don't work with questions. Um, just because, and I think I've said this many times on our show, I like to um, see what's there, what is. And sometimes I've hap- this has happened to me more than once. The issue that concerns the person, um, and it's not to dismiss the issue, but there may be something more needed or there that um, I allow spirit, so to speak, to, to come through. Right. Um, so, um, and it may be the more important thing that takes precedent rather than you know their their issue but um i'm very i have clients that are very results oriented and i'm very results oriented and so um all things have to be considered so it's not just it's this one thing you want to talk about so it's the 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 bigger the spread you may be able to encompass you know more than just here's my question and Good that's point. all I'm going to, that's all I'm going to yeah. do. So, um, and if the story doesn't feel complete, I'll put more cards out. Right. Um, There's also some beginner people out there and they might say, oh, I couldn't pull out that many cards. That would be overwhelming. I'm just still getting to know the deck. And so, you know what a lot of beginners start off with? They start off with like three card readings. You know, the three card reading can be as simple as past, present, future, or me and my two choices, you know, this card and that card. I mean, there's a lot of fun and, and interesting ways you can work with just three cards. And the truth is, is I'm really advanced and I tend to only work with four cards, you know, because I can tell a lot because of the dynamics between the cards. So, I mean, and I love the fact that you bring in that fluidity, Gina, the fact that got to leave space for something outside of the reading to come in and do its magic. Well, I just think that's a thorough way of doing it but it's it's you develop your own course um in terms of what i you know this is using more cards is something that i int kind of integrate into my process um but in, in learning one of the most powerful um one card methods i've ever worked with is something that i acquired from the amber stones at the tarot school and it's called a voice the voice in the card reading where you just use one card that's all you get you don't get to pull anymore and you have got to um you know eke out or get the essence of your you can use a question or not to you know and basically you're looking at one for one detail in that one card that's going to give you the answer and it's a very strong method. I got to use that in the course of um, doing online readings. And it's just like, how am I going to, you know, I have short time. I use one card. I've got to make oh, this yeah. work. And it, it's a, <laughs> and I also use that for email readings. Sometimes um, the people will, you know, in terms of typing out this very long 10 cards, oh my gosh, talk about, <laughs> you know, you can spend, you're going to spend more time going through if, but you know, I've gotten efficient at that too. But it's like that one card reading becomes very, very powerful. So I recommend to all uh, beginners, start with the one card. If, yes. you, if you can't pull off a one card reading, you will struggle with a 10 card reading for yeah. sure. You know? Yeah. 
And then you build from there because when you pull out two cards, you start looking, what is the relationship between these cards? What are they saying to each other? But the, Now, this is truly advanced, and I don't know if anybody or, does this exactly, but I actually prefer a one-card reading, but the thing is, is I pull out more cards because it helps my client relate to the cards. But I can actually do the entire reading with just one card yeah, because all the elements are usually in that first card. For me, it's about that, too. It's like you're looking for the, 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 the relation to tell the story. I, you know, I think of readings as storytelling. Uh, to relate to the client is exactly what's going on. They may need to see now a lot of times when you don't – I don't have a client sitting directly in front of me so they may be on the phone and not looking at cards so um you know it gets a you know they're they still need to um have some sort of um reference um and so you can use other cards um to help with that you know you're doing a professional reading you want your client to be able to follow the story and so you want the cards to not only make sense to you as the reader but also something that your your client can relate to visually and i'm actually going to drop the names of a few more books too believe it or not the complete idiot's guide to tarot spreads illustrated is a wonderful beginner book there's some excellent material in there seen that one it's a good one and it's it's got lots of visual illustrations Mm -hmm. and it's by arlene tognetti and carolyn flynn so i recommend that of course there's tons we invite you our listeners if you have a favorite book on spreads we got our facebook page and you can definitely share some ideas there now how about designing your own spread Teresa Mitchelson, one of my tarot friends, she has a book called Designing Your Own Tarot Spreads. And I actually think that even beginners can do that because what you start thinking about is, well, what's the story I want to be able to tell? What are the different steps, the stepping stones that I want to build in telling that story? Or this has happened to me. I'm sure it's happened to you, Gina. So you got your tried and true spread client sits down and then they bring up this topic and you go you know what that is so far away from the spread i was going to use i'm going to make one up just for that question or just for that issue right yeah i see you nodding your head (laughs) sometimes you have to make it up as you go along (laughs) um you know in terms of one of the things that i do is if there's a particular you know challenge of coming up with um, a spread, I start with, I do ask, what do they want to know? What is it that, what's the focus of why they're coming? Or how do I serve? How am I going to, this reading going to serve you? And so they may say, well, it's about my marriage. And so then I know I have, uh, I can use the actual questions to actually design the spread, if that makes sense. So one car would represent you know, your spouse, your client, their marriage, their, or whatever. So you can actually use the questions to, to build upon and come up with spreads on the fly. One last thing we, we're going to talk about is, is there ever a time when you don't need to use a spread? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But then, you know, the one card reading kind of fits into not having a spread in a way because you're just pulling the one card but i bet you got some other ideas there yeah well um you know you are just my method of saying just flipping cards and getting a few details Um, Ah. you can do one card on top of the other or you can kind of do them in um sort of like a a dealer spread you know you kind of like a shuffle you know have the cards out it's not really a spread the cards are just already out and you just kind of 
<laughs> randomly mm-hmm. go. You can randomly go or you can go in order. So if you take, you know, four cards, you spread them out in a fan like, you know, you automatically have sort of a spread. You just fan them out. So it's kind of like doing the fan. It's a spread, no spread. <laughs> uh, and you know who was really a classic at a non-spread would be James Wanless because he does a whole train of consciousness kind of reading where you, you bring up an issue, he pulls a qu- card, you know, you look at that one and then another, it leads you to the next point or question you pull another card and you're really just following the conversation and seeing what shows up or or also i love the work of james wells and his tarot for manifestation and instead of you know randomly selecting the card and the card telling you what it wants to look at you can actually intentionally select cards that represent aspects of the question or what you're trying to manifest and it's actually quite fascinating i know art rosengarden in his tarot and psychology book also talks about some really proactive creative ways of selecting cards almost like sand play you know where you can pick in bring these archetypes in and then see how they represent the client or maybe aspects of the client that need to come closer to the surface and and last but not least if you're really brave you can do remember the 52 pickup card game <laughs> you can just kind of throw them out <laughs> we, we did that at the tarot retreat this year with just Christine toss Pangala. them in the air right we did. yeah and see what shows up and see what shows and then up what story shows up that's wild the, we, yeah. that's a that's a wild thing you know a, a short story um i was in the my my favorite deck of all time tarot tarot of dreams got wet when i was in crete and i kind of had them spread out all over the hotel room drying and my roommate says hey can you just do a reading based on what you just did (laughs) and so talk about no pressure right it's like oh wow an unexpected reading pops up right it's like oh okay yeah so (laughs) that's brave too it's just like i there was no forethought. It was just she happened to see the cards laying out and thought, hey, give me a reading since you spread all these cards out. So, you know, the stuff that Anytime, we do, the, the, anywhere. Thi- the, the, things, the things that tarot will get us into or, <laughs> you know, it's, it's all fun. So we have had so much fun talking about this. We do invite you to post your stories as well as your questions on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash oracle soup where you or you can message us if you want to feel brave and may feel like your your question isn't quite <laughs> um relevant sometimes or you know there's or there's, public or public yeah. so you can always um hit us up and we'll be happy to answer your questions or at least try <laughs> or make some stuff up absolutely <laughs> there we go there we go all right well we're going to have a list of fascinating books on spreads and again we invite you to add your wisdom your experience because there's so many now we couldn't possibly touch upon them all but the idea is there's like any story there's a beginning and there's an end and there's some interesting action in the middle and sometimes the action is is a drama you know <laughs> And so whatever you're looking for, just there's a beginning and end and all that strangeness in the middle that gets you to the end. And that's what we're doing. Here's our end. So long, (laughs) folks. Adios. The end. Thank you for 
for spending time with us at Oracle Soup. We invite your comments and topic suggestions on our Facebook page, also named Oracle Soup. Be sure to visit our website, oraclesoup.wordpress.com, for hot new servings of our saucy talks, as well as past podcasts stored in our Oracle Soup pantry. And visit our individual websites and learn more about our dynamic offerings. Katrina Wynn at tarotcounseling.org. Counseling is spelled C-O-U-N-S-E-L-I-N-G. And .org is like Oregon. Gina Thies at tarotadvisor.com. Advisor spelled A-D-V-I-S-O-R. This podcast is intended only to provide a summary and general overview on matters of interest. It is not intended to be comprehensive, nor does it constitute legal advice or legal opinion. You should seek legal or other professional advice before acting or relying on any of the content. And thanks again for listening to Oracle Soup. Y'all come back now. <laughs>